Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in again to Art of the Assistant. This is Treg with you today, and I'm missing my my sidekick, my co-host, my coffee shop entrepreneur, Dan Vaughn, today. Dan's been down now for about a week and a half with COVID, and he um, actually this is his second round with it in two years. So he's he's struggling and having a difficult time. So um, we had this interview lined up, and we wanted to keep going with it. So the sound background is going to be a little different. I might not sound as crisp or clear today, and you might hear some band in the background. That's my middle school band, so don't be too critical, please. <laughs> and across from me here at the conference table at the ministry is David Meyer. David's a pharmacist, doctor, and for the last how many years, assistant pastor? Six. And for the last six years, assistant pastor. We're good friends and just appreciate him and his ministry. I actually tried to hire him several years ago, and his pastor said, and I quote, don't you touch that boy. <laughs> and so we just stayed friends, and maybe we wouldn't have been if I'd have hired him um, here. But I'm thankful that he's here, and we um, did a podcast a while ago on hospitality, and, and so we had chapel today, and we said, man, just stick around. Dan will come up, and we'll do a podcast. But So it's just the two of us, but what I want to talk about today it's an interesting topic and in one that maybe we don't hear much about, but we probably should. And that's the topic of what happens when my pastor leaves. What happens when my pastor gets sick and is out of the pulpit for several weeks? We had a, a church here in the Charleston area. The pastor got COVID and he was out for almost six months. What happens when um, my pastor resigns? Or maybe what happens when my pastor suddenly dies? What is the role of the assistant in that situation? How do you handle yourself? What do you do? How, how am I going to make this work? And, and am I the pastor? Am I still the assistant pastor? Yes, you know, all of the above. So today we just want to talk about some practical things of what we can do. I've been there. I've been on both sides. I've been there when our pastor went down with health issues for a year and I had to take over and then he came back. But I've also been there when I've had health issues, health issues and my assistant had to step up and, and Dave has been there as well. So we're just going to share, Aaron, share just some things that I think can help and, and some practical things in ministry. And I think one of the things we need to be most aware of and alert to, especially at this time, guys, is the health and well-being of our senior pastor. You know, the Bible says to um, take heed to what? Take heed to yourself and the doctrine. And when we're standing back and, and we see some warning signs with our pastor, you know, we need to be praying for him. Maybe we need to um, even communicate to some leadership or someone, hey, we, you think pastor's okay? I'm worried. And go to him and say, hey, pastor, are you Okay. We are, we are living in a time with this COVID and, and, you know, we're in year two of it and it just doesn't let down. I just heard today that one of my teachers just got a text message about a parent who's very upset on how this COVID thing's being handled and it just doesn't stop and, and it's wearing and, and, you know, as a pastor, sometimes I think it'd just be, I know it'd be easier to quit. And, and some pastors are. They're stepping away more and more. I'm seeing people step away from ministry. I don't know what we're doing, 
but right now I, I can't do anything. I just can't go on doing what I'm doing. And so what are some warning signs? What are some things that you see that maybe the your 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 pastor's just he's not the same. Maybe it's um physically. You can just tell he's tired. He's worn down. Now my assistant pastor, he looks like that all the time, but He's got a baby that doesn't sleep, so he doesn't sleep. So he's got an IV of Red Bull going into him. That's different. But if your senior pastor, you know, is in his mid-40s and 50s, and there is no baby keeping him awake at night, but you can just tell he's always tired. Man, that's a warning sign. There's no joy. You know, it's just there's no skip in his step. Um, There's no joy in his heart. It just seems like everything's a burden. Man, that's a warning sign. Um, everything's a problem. You know, it's, it's the ants, the, the little foxes that are spoiling the vine and it's getting to him. And man, can you believe this happened again? Man, I got this email. I'm so tired of these emails. And oh man, another text message. I can't handle another text message. Those are warning signs um, that I'm burning out and I can't, I can't take this anymore. And, and maybe it's a forced vision. You know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I, I don't know. We might do an activity this summer. We might not. I I don't know what, what's going to happen with Easter. I don't even have time to think about it right now. Okay, those are all red flags, guys. And if you see anything like that transpiring or happening, one, you really need to intercede on behalf of your pastor. And two, you need to prayerfully consider having a conversation and just saying, hey, pastor, you know, just you've been through so much. Or tell the deacons, listen, he's been through so much. Let's just give him a couple paid weeks vacation and let him rest. I mean, just a couple of weeks could go a long way. And and what's 10 days in the midst of 360, especially if you're looking at something like this. So so be aware of those things. But let's say it's too late. Let's say your pastor's burnout, out. He's sick. You know, something's happened. What do you do in that situation? So let's first talk about if the pastor's sick. And then we're going to go part two here in the same podcast what happens if the pastor passes away or just resigns and leaves? And so, so Doc Meyer and I have been on, on both sides of the on one side of this. He's been on both, you know. So let's let's Dave. You know, we think about when your pastor gets sick. You think about the people and and the congregation and mentally, you know, where are they at this time and how do they handle this themselves? Well, I'd say <clears throat> from personal experience, when your pastor's sick, it's somebody that you've looked up to. He's been your the, the under-shepherd for the church, uh, the respect, the love. He's the one that's been pouring his heart out for years. Um, you know, uh, I know, I know for me, in our instance, he was my spiritual father, all those things. And so mm-hmm. when he goes down or when he's not doing well, when he's suffering, we're all suffering. Yeah, We're all hurting. And, and it's the church, I mean, if one person is hurting, we all should be hurting with them and helping them. Um, but yeah, when that, when that happens, you need to be there for him. Mm-hmm. However, you can help him again, prayerfully seeking, helping, right. um, and filling in wherever you need to be. Yeah. I think sometimes going back to the people, here's the, here, the sheep are not supposed to protect the shepherd. Right. You know, so here's the one who's been in the lead. Here's the one who's protected. Here's the one who's been there when I've been sick. You know, here's the one we've been, you know, looking to for all these years, and now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Now he's sick, and how do we, you know, how do we rally around that, and how do we handle that? And it's hard. It's not natural, right? 
you know, especially when your pastor has been healthy for several years. Mm-hmm. And so, so there is something that goes on in the psyche of the sheep when their shepherd's down that we've got to tenderly handle as another under shepherd, but as an assistant. Because as our people have looked to this leader to lead us, and now he's gone, naturally we're looking to what? The next leader. Right. You know, the next person to step up. We're looking for the, the Truman who's going to stand up and lead us through this, you know, through this trial um, that we're in. And so, so we, we do do that. So when the pastor goes down, let's say it is sickness. Let's go back to what you were saying. To be there, to what, what are some things that we can do on behalf of our people, but also on behalf of the pastor to make sure things stay calm but continue on? One of the things I would say, and this is um, was very important, is when he was down, nothing stopped. Okay. Nothing changed. Yeah. Uh, you're not doing necessarily things out of routine. That's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's ministries that are going on. If you're going to the nursing home, if you're at the mission, uh all these different aspects of the church continue on because what ultimately are we doing it for? Are we doing it for the pastor or are we doing it for God? Mm-hmm. And so when the pastor's ill or when he goes down or something, then it's not a matter of, oh, they all stop or what are we going to do? No, you, you basically you go on as the Lord leads to keep those continued. And mm-hmm. that way, people are like, okay, yes, we're gonna we're praying for our pastor. There, there's all this possibility of change, but things are still remaining the same. Yeah. So you try to keep a consistency there, right? As right. you go on. Um, but yeah, so I know in our instance, you know, what happened? Nothing changed in the sense of the the ministries continued on. The people continued serving, um, you know, as that picture of the sheep, they were being led into the same fields and so mm-hmm. on, and the Lord blessed and met the needs. Uh, there's also a, a higher focus or a greater focus than also on praying for our pastor. Yeah. And it was, you know, in those situations, and again, as the Holy Spirit leads, if you have the opportunity to uh, preach in those services, which in our case, you know, that was the case, uh the sermon seemed to revolve also even more so about praying for our pastor, praying for guidance and direction and for healing. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a rallying point that's good. for the church. Yeah. No, that's good. So, but you yourself, when you went through that, how did your workload change? I got a little bit heavier. So uh, <laughs> mine, mine was kind of unique in a situation in the fact that when uh, our pastor was uh, ill, uh, I guess just real quick, we'll just go through a quick background yeah. of what happened. So I came, I went to college for one year, Bible college, came back, and I uh, became part-time assistant. And now, so, now, let me interrupt. Is oh, yeah, Crown College, is that like a high state? It's not Crown College. It's the Crown it's College? It's the, the Crown like College. the Ohio State University? Yes, the Ohio just, State. I just wanted to verify that. They're so. not worthless nuts, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Says my boy from Ohio. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So anyways, um, so the... So I, I came back from Crown Col- the Crown College. Uh, I came back, and at the time, our assistant pastor was transitioning out to go into evangelism. Oh, yeah. So therefore, I came as a I part-time assistant that. in September. Fast forward April of that year, April 1st, <laughs> April Fool's Day, mm-hmm. our, pa- our assistant pastor was now gone, and I became full-time assistant. At that point, that was also the last Sunday that our pastor ever preached in our church. Wow. And wow. so the low just what fell. What year was that? Uh, that was uh, 16. 2016. Okay. 2016. So April 16, I became full-time assistant. Mm. And at that point, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, um, he was in the hospital for a long time. And it, thankfully, 
and the way the Lord orchestrated all this, uh, our prior assistants, though he was going to evangelism, couldn't get any meetings mm. at that time. He's like, what in the world's going on here? I can't get any meetings. And uh, it was the Lord was orchestrating those things so that he would be available also. So in that period while our pastor was down, we took turns filling the pulpit, okay. leading the ministries. So you weren't necessarily doing all the preaching, but you still had... A lot more than I ever done in my life. A whole lot more pastor preaching than you've ever done, right? Yes. So it was it was a huge. um, And it wasn't like you had fifty sermons you could go back on. These are all new. Everything's new. Yeah. Everything's new. One year Bible college plus training underneath our pastor for years, Um, and you know it's a little bit different than getting up in front of nurses and doctors in the (laughs) hospital and telling them which antibiotics to use. Uh, And I did a lot of that. I did a lot of in servicing to the medical staff. Preaching is a whole lot different, though. Uh, as I like to think of it, when I was teaching in the hospital, if I messed up something, yes, it could kill somebody, and that is absolutely horrible. But when you're, if you mess up in the pulpit, it's somebody's eternity mm. you could be messing up with, and the gravity there and the the, yeah. the pressure so much more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there was a lot of uh, sermons, soul searching, and what it came down to is that I couldn't, but God could. He already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And when I was in my weakest spots, he, he lifted me up. And you look back on everything, and it's just, all I can say is praise the Lord. Yeah. He carried us through the whole thing. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it was, I mean, for that, I don't even remember the year here that that happened with me. It was just so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the middle of grad work. I've got four little kids. I'm the Christian school administrator. I'm the youth pastor. I'm the college pastor. In one surgery, I become the senior pastor, you know, for eight months. It was crazy. Mm. I mean, and I don't, I don't remember hardly any of that. It was just so busy. And, you know, your your test is due on Saturday night at midnight, but so is your sermon. And it's like, ah, you know, and I did it. But again, it was the Lord. It was just grace. Yes. Looking back, I don't know how I did it um, without a heart attack sooner <laughs> than I had it. And, I, and what I did is what I tried to do with that day was I always kept Pastor Moran informed on what was going on. Yes. I even did that after he retired for a while. Um, but then it was just, it didn't matter. He was sick and it didn't yeah. matter. But, you know, hey, so-and-so's in the hospital. And he might not have been up to talking, but it'd be a text. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm heading to the hospital, so-and-so just have an emergency surgery. Or, hey, just got a nice financial gift to the church. Somebody donated. You know, anything I could do to keep him up to date on what was going on to make him feel like he was still involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was sick, the thing I appreciated about Joey so much was I got a text almost every day. Do you need a Duncan? Do you need a coffee? What can I bring you? You know, he was there to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm administrator, uh, you know, still kind of running things from home the much as I can, but he was always there to do whatever I needed. Right. You know, and then he'd come out and I'd have him bring a sermon notes and we'd talk about the sermon that he preached and, you know, I would change this, do this, you know, when I was watching you. And, and so I still use it as a discipleship time for him. But, yeah, he truly had a heart to serve through that, which meant a ton to me. Mm-hmm. And our people saw it. So he went from intern pay to being not, um, voted in as an assistant pastor and, you know, ordaining him thereafter because of his spirit and how he handled it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's important. So I think when you're in that position, guys, and the, the key is to remain humble yes. and to remember your position. I think it was, you know, yes. Vice President Cheney, when Bush was out, he never sat. Even if he was leading the meeting, he never sat in the president's chair. 
he always took the second chair. Yes. And and to keep it, and when Pastor Moran was out, we had two Episcopalian high, you know, high church chairs on the on the on the platform, and I never sat in Pastor Moran's chair. He sat in that chair from '96, you know, until 2016. But when he was out, I didn't sit there because it was his chair, and I'm not sitting in his chair. Now I did lead meetings, I did things like that if I had to, but we kept that position there pray for Pastor Moran. And after eight months when he came back, he had to introduce himself to people because so many new people started coming in. He didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And people, oh, you're the one that's been sick. But that's because we've been keeping him before the people as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. And, and so humbly lead, humbly serve, um, you know, humbly do everything you can for the pastor, for the pastor's wife. And, and if a situation like this happens, give your wife a kiss when it does because you're not going to see her for a long time. I mean, seriously, yeah. you're you're going to, in such a time as this, you're just going to have to buckle it up. And it's not about you. And it's not about your time. It's not about your family. It's not about your days off. There was no days off in those eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about doing what you have to do to keep things together. And God honors that. And, and you know, I, I even, I mean, Dave, I don't know, this might be a little too personal, but my pay didn't increase. No, no. You know, it was a year of working three jobs at once, but I wasn't getting the pastor's salary. Yeah, no, me neither. And that, you know, it wasn't, I didn't expect it. But, yeah, I mean, there were times I would say that, you know, it did, the devil would whisper in your ear, you know, hey, you know, you're doing all this extra preaching and everything yeah. else, and yet you're just, you know, the lowly old assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where I needed to be. I needed yeah. to be the lowly, lowly assistant. And there wasn't lowly, anything lowly about it. That's the position yeah. that the Lord allowed me to be in. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, and with this, something else that kind of came to mind is if you're in a position like this and you think, oh, this is my opportunity to shine for my own benefits because I see what may be coming down the road and I want to make sure I'm in a position so they're saying, hey, I want that guy to be the mm. next pastor. Shame on you. Yeah, that's exactly Shame right. on you. That's exactly It's right. not your church. It's God's church. Mm-hmm. And don't take advantage of those situations. As Pastor Trey was saying, it's time to humble yourself and be a servant. Rely on him to help yeah. carry. That's really good. That's really good advice. So let's transition, Dave, um, from that to the pastor's not coming back. Yeah. You know, your pastor was sick. He ended up passing away, um, never came back. You know, again, in this day and age of COVID, unfortunately, there are many assistant pastors who sitting in a service whose jaws are hitting the floor because the man that they've been mentoring under, the man they've been studying under just got up and said, I'm done. And they might not have seen it coming. Now, hindsight 2020, they're like, oh, yeah, warning signs. Mm-hmm. But not until then um, did it really hit. So so what do we do with that? One, let me say this, guys, and I'll throw this in and be done. The book Lead talks about that. Paul David Tripp's book, read it. It'll be great uh, for you and help you be aware. He's He said, every time I get a call from an assistant pastor that says, or a pulpit committee, we didn't see it coming, or a deacon board, we don't know why he left. We, we can't believe he's had an affair. He said, I talked to these people and we start backing up and it's like all the warning signs were there. You chose to ignore them. That's why that first part of this podcast was important. But let's say, okay, your pastor gets up Sunday morning and says, listen, I I just got a call from, you know, Saddleback Church and they want me to come and be their pastor. You know, the bigger, better syndrome. And here's, I'm reading my two week notice. My house goes on the market tomorrow. 
I've already got a house waiting for me, you know, in Ocala, Florida or whatever. And, and we're out of here. And nobody can believe it. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's looking at you because you're the next pastor on staff and you're going to have to be fill this role as leader until we figure out what's going to happen. What do you do? So, so Dave, in those situations, I've got a few things wrote down here and you can chip in if you want. Not if you want. Please chip in. Um, Is panic on that list? Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. And that's why we're doing this podcast, you know. Um, I think the first thing I have here in the midst of that is keep your mouth shut. Okay, and, and man, this background music is kind of cool as I hear it coming through the headset. Um, why is it important to keep your mouth shut? Because rumors are going to be flying. Mm-hmm. Man, when did he go candidate? Why did they call him? Man, is there something going on? Why did he leave? Mm-hmm. I, I think pastor, I think they're, you know, people are going to start talking. You know what I mean? And and they're going to start saying some things. Rumors are going to be flying. People are hurt. You know, because now this shepherd, this leader, the one who was there when my children were born, the one who was there when my mom died, the one who preached my wife's funeral is leaving me? For them? Is that church better than us? Mm-hmm. Or they died or, you know, whatever the case. But whatever it is, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You know, it's... It's too tender of a time for you to say anything because it's going to be analyzed, it's going to be studied, and it can be taken the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Well, the real reason I think Pastor left was, no, don't wrong time. go there. <laughs> right, be done, don't do it. And two, I would say, you know, you said panic, so that's the reality. But as a leader, you know, I, I tell my kids, this is so wrong. Don't tell your children this. Fake it till you make it. But as a leader, sometimes we're going to have to. And so when panic sets in, I've got to fake positivity. Mm-hmm. I've got to let the church know, yes, I know pastors resigned. I know God took pastor home and we weren't expecting this. But God's got this. Yeah. I think that's important. It's not a matter of you know, the faking the positivity, but it's the realization and reminding everyone. The Lord knew this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. He, knows it. he knew what was going to take place. Now it's a matter of trusting in him. And again, it goes back to as a, as a pastor, you got to be careful that you don't get the church building up and thinking that you're set up on a pedestal. Right. You know, and that's what we've seen a lot of different pastors in, uh, in the past have fallen, that it's this, they worship the man instead of God, mm-hmm. or they put him like up. And uh, not that that happens every case, but it's that, you know, it, it's, we're in this, the Lord is our worship. He's the center. When the man is taken out, then it's a matter of refocusing on that. God will get us through that. And relying upon him and seeking that, and so yeah, when you're when you're about ready to panic and stuff, you got to be trust positive. on the word. Yeah, and there's your positivity. Yeah, yeah you yeah. got to be positive. Um, is it tragic if a pastor passes away, resigns, mm-hmm. goes on? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's devastating to a church. And what are we going to do? And I remember the call when we were in North Carolina. Pastor Brand's got cancer. We have no idea what we're going to do. There was panic among the people. And so that's where the positivity comes in that this isn't our church. This is God's church. Yeah. God takes care of this. He's in charge. He knows. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to keep that, keep that in mind. I think, too, um, just a warning is this. Don't assume you're the next man. You know, it's naturally we're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to become the pastor. I'm going to be the next one. And that might be the case, guys, but it might not be the case. Mm-hmm. And you might not want to be the next guy. You know, let's let's say, um, let's paint this scenario. Okay, you've been pastoring in your church now for three years. 
and and tragically your pastor gets covid um and he has complications and eight months later he's going home to be with jesus now for those eight months you've been doing what we just talked about i mean you've been pouring yourself out on the altar for the church and now our minds we're just human we're thinking man after all i've done for the church and i've stepped up people loved me man we've even grown through this tragedy surely i'm going to be the next guy and let's say you are and let's say the church just says hey you know joey's done a great job and and you know he's been here and he took care of us and he went through all this let's let's just make him our next pastor that's going to be great until you tick some people off and then all of a sudden it's going to be you know what we might have missed out there might have been some other guys out there that were candidating that that we could have had here but instead we just jumped the gun we went with joey and, and now look at the mess we're in you know, and then guess what? Joey's looking for a job. Or the church is gone. He's sitting there looking at the pews on Sunday morning. 50% of his congregation, 60% of his congregation has gone across town. And he's thinking, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. So it could be bad either way, I think, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so what what is an attitude you got to keep in that as well, you think about it, as you were there? Man, you got to keep your focus on Christ and not your own flesh. Okay. Um, because... Yeah, I mean, the mind games that goes through you, you see an opportunity, you think, well, it's all lining up, but is it? And is it actually, is it God's actual will for that? If it is his will for you to be the next pastor, then it will work out. It, it will come together. And when those battles do come, because there, there will always be people that will say, well, it should have been this way or another way. But when you have the confidence that you're in the center of God's will and you're leading the church in the center of God's will, Rely on him. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah, if you get into a situation where you're just jumping ahead, and you're thinking, "Yeah, this is I'm just I'm destined because this is the lineage. I've been here. I've done yeah. all this stuff, and yeah. you just think it's going to be there." Yeah. It's a dangerous situation to be in. And if you've already right. been in that and you've already gone on, then you need to be praying, "Lord, give me direction because the the storms will be coming." Yeah, that's good. So let's just get let's get real for a second. I love getting raw. Um, all right. So you were there a year. Or not even a year when all this transpired, right? right? Now we've been members since '04. Yeah, so we've I mean, been members, you, but ministry-wise, yeah. you're green. Yes. Okay, you take the lead. Pastor Barker dies. Okay, mm-hmm. man, I'm I'm the heir apparent, but the fact is, were you really ready to jump into that? And what would have happened? Hindsight 2020, if you would have become mm-hmm. the pastor at that time. You just survived, but there might have been a lot of hard knocks. Might not have been a Victory Baptist anymore. There you go. You know. Right. So it was a battle that I had. So, again, like everyone else, I was hurting. I was wondering what in the world's going on. Um, I just lost my spiritual father. Mm -hmm. And my heart was broken. Mm. Uh, But I also knew everyone else was. So for me, it was a matter of filling in whatever needed to be. Um, Yeah, the whole thing of being green, I had... 15 years, something like that as a pharmacist, dealing with all the things that go along with that. I knew clinical pharmacy Mm -hmm. in the hospital and stuff, but the ministry was different. Mm. Like you said, I was green. And thankfully, the Lord got a hold of my attention. I listened that I knew I was not ready. So in that sense, to be the, the, in the sense of being the pastor. So then it moved into what is my role then in this intermediate time as they find a pastor. Mm -hmm. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? 
I remember a couple guys that were calling the ministry younger guys, and I told them, I said, hey, take notes, look at what happens over the next few months, take the good, the bad, and the ugly, and learn from them, because mm -hmm. very possibly you're going to be going through this again sometime, yeah. or you're going to know somebody that goes through that. So we saw the good, we saw the bad, and we saw, thankfully, not very much ugly. It was a very smooth transition. Praise the Lord. Everything mm -hmm. went well. But um, yeah, for me, and I, I fought those things. That's because it looked like God was moving everything. It was kind of that idea that I had the potential of becoming the next pastor after I was with Pastor Bob for many years mm -hmm. and they would transition over. Yeah. But that didn't happen. That right. wasn't God's plan. Right. So when it did come up, it was a matter of filling the pulpit, continuing the ministries and so on and doing what needed to be done, ministering to the people um, and f honestly fighting my pride. Mm. I had some struggles there. Mm. And it wasn't very pleasant. There were tears. Again, I was hurting. Mm -hmm. And then I was wondering what was the future. Then the whole thing is if we get another pastor in, where in the world am I going to go? God's only yeah. given me peace to yes to today and where I'm at. That's another podcast. I want to talk about that, how to transition with a new pastor. Yeah. So we ended up, um, it, it ended up, it worked out great. I basically just, we followed the Lord. Our, our deacons were searching Pastor Bob, before he had left, I think he had talked to him. There were some ideas there. And there was a um, Pastor Nathan is just amazing. Mm -hmm. All I can say is God had worked everything out, was working in his life, and allowed him to come in and so on for the transition, all that to be mm -hmm. smooth. But then f going forward. So then I guess afterwards, I don't know if you want to get into that or not. Yeah, no, we'll do that we'll again. We'll talk that about later yeah, on. How but, things change when a new pastor comes. Yeah. And, and just a behind the scenes podcast when we do it, it was actually the pastor that passed away son that came in to to take over the realm and we'll talk about how that transition and dave and i had some conversations through that as well and we'll talk mm -hmm. about that one yeah. um at another time so i was gonna say yeah but like through that don't take take things personally also that's good during that's that time really good because it's very easy yeah Remember, everyone else in your church is hurt, and they're just kind of reaching and grasping. And so there can be some things that go that, that happen that you think is personally coming at you. And it's just because they're scared. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't, and really, it's that whole self thing. Yeah. You just need to get rid of self. Yeah, that's good. See, you're the different, I was the hero, and they came at you hurt, but I left, the, I left the South. People, this was people's mindset, man. Trey left the South, he left, you know, almost an acre of land, three-car garage, you know, and that beautiful home in the corner of the cul-de-sac to come here to do this. And and God used that, mm -hmm. you know, to, to secure who I was in the mind of the people. But I was brought on for the sole purpose of taking over. You, yours was mm -hmm. a little different. Yes. And so when I came up, Pastor Moran wasn't sick. A month later, he's done. And you, he had cancer, but nobody expected it to be as bad as it was. And, and so it put me on on that that side of it. And I, I would have been done, too. I'd have ruined this ministry had it not been for my wife, who was born and raised here. And that's, a, that's another story for sure. But, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. We just had a drum roll, you know, coming up for the <laughs> – we should have had it at the beginning, man. Um, coming up for the close. Guys, thanks for listening. We're so glad to have you as part of Art of the Assistant. And if this podcast could be a, a blessing to others, feel free to share it on, rate us, and write us a great review. And so we can get our name out there for others to see and others to hear. And, and like I said, we're working on a new website with artoftheassistant.com. We got some great things coming with some um, Instagram posts and, and social media sites. So all for the purpose of helping you succeed in your role as an assistant. Have a...